As an industry, we made it our business to learn about games, how they work, about their resonance, and their successes or failures. There's a human side to the industry as well. My name is Paul James, and welcome to Dev Diary, a series that explores and celebrates the incredible feats of the people behind the games as we dive into their stories, the highs, the lows, and everywhere in between. In this episode, I'm joined by Nadim Haddad, game designer at Pasta Games. So join us as we explore his journey. Of course, Dev Diary is funded by an amazing group of people at patreon.com slash devdiarypodcast. They help grow the show, make it bigger, make it more successful, and they've got early access to this episode. Consider checking it out yourself, and if you can't do that, perhaps consider throwing the show a five-star review or equivalent on your podcast service of choice. Thanks a lot, and enjoy the show. So today I'm joined by Nadim. How are you? Hi, how are you? Nice. To, thank you for having me. It's great to have you here in, in the country for, for PAX and I guess this whole broader Melbourne International Games Week, uh, I guess, experience. But at the same time, you've also got a game that, uh, as when we record, we've recently learned has a fresh new release date of November 14th. Congratulations. Thank you so much. I think I'm as happy as traveling to Australia and visiting Australia as show, showing my game here. Uh, like it's a double combo for me. That's awesome. And so... Obviously, I mean, we're going to dive into Kamazoo and, and all of that a lot, a lot more detail shortly, but I guess how, and we've discussed this as we we're making our way to a nice quiet spot to chat, but how has the time in Australia been so far? It's been brief and you plan on staying a little bit longer afterwards, but, but what's it been like so far? I mean, you can, I, I honestly haven't seen a lot of it yet. I've only strolled around the city at night a little bit and t- tried a few restaurants, a few bars. From Until now, it's fantastic. I can't wait to see more of it. Actually, going to take a little bit of vacation after, so I'm going to enjoy your country a lot. Yeah, so you said to me beforehand that you were heading off to Sydney, so I guess what's on the, as a tourist at, the, at this point, what's, what's on the to-do list, I suppose, when you're there? I, honestly, my dream would have been to actually uh, take the road from Melbourne to Sydney yeah. from the bottom. Now, I hear there's so much stuff to see on this side of the, of the country. I'd love to see Sydney also because... I mean, I'd like to see make the whole turn and see the, the western city too, and Darwin, just the name of the city is exciting, but seeing Sydney is already going to be exciting. Well, you're welcome back whenever you like, and we Thank can you give so you guided much. tours up and down, whichever coast you like. There's, yeah, there's some amazing beaches, there's some amazing sites just on the coast as well. So I'm excited um, about the Blue Mountains also. Yes, yeah, so, and I guess that would be part of, if you were to do that road trip, that would be part of the trip as well. That so would be amazing. It's a really nice space. I've done the, I've done the drive to Sydney a couple of times, um, mostly because at the time, flight was not the most affordable option in the world well now it is much but, um, more yeah things things are pretty good these days and but i almost prefer doing the drive because it is yeah. just an amazing drive some did you do it through the see. through the country or through the coast um no went a bit more through the country but i have done the coastal trip as well and oh, lots excited. of really amazing things so maybe we'll see you back in the future and you can do just that i hope so so this is Dev Diary, a series you talk to developers from throughout the industry they share their stories their experiences and the journey that's led to this current point in time and obviously we've touched on Kamazoo and the upcoming release date, and we'll dive into that in more detail shortly. But I guess as a consumerist, where did your um, experience with games first begin? Do you recall what some of the first games were that you played? Potentially even the first? The, the games I played as a yeah, user? As, as, yeah, purely as, yeah. My first memory of playing games is a game called uh, Norsen's House. Yep. I don't know if you remember that it, one. It's a name I've heard of, but I, I can't say that I know. If, if I'm not mistaken, it was an, on Atari 520 ST. Yep. And I adored this game, oddly, because it has different gameplays and different approaches. I was a fan of the comic book yep. already, but seeing it, seeing my comic book come to life and being able to be one of the characters in the comic book kind of made it different. It's a new experience for me that I will be the main character in that experience. This, this 
set video games apart from every other medium. The interactive component and being exactly. able to, a bit of your own agency within that space. Yeah, and that day I decided that I would like to take part of this. I would like to be part of this. No, that's that's really, really cool. And I guess how did things develop for you from there as you got, I guess, more experiences with different platforms, you would have you know, experienced a lot of different sorts of games. Did you find yourself gravitating towards any particular games, franchises, genres, platforms yeah. even? I believe it's the Nintendo 64 yep. that actually got me hooked into multiplayer games. Oh yeah? Into Through sharing the, the experience. Mario Kart and Smash Brothers, GoldenEye, those GoldenEye especially. Classics. Especially GoldenEye. I don't know why we were... My, my friends and I were all into GoldenEye for a long time. Yep. And we were really trying to max out every possible aspect of this game, trying to find the best combos, trying at the time to you know, uh, speedrun it even if it didn't make any sense back then. And we, we decided that sharing was the biggest, the most important part of the game. Not necessarily multiplayer games, but solo player games with sharing afterwards. Yes. Talk about your experiences, even on solo games. And so I guess as we do cast an eye forward, I guess that, that shared experience is a big part of, I guess we're going to talk more about it shortly, but um, Kamazoo and, and even some of the, uh, the other titles you've worked on over the journey, there is that, I can see that through line of kind of being able to share and it's not just about one person behind the device, whatever it happens to be. Exactly. It's, it's a broader broader experience. And so for you, as, as those, I guess, tastes continue to evolve, did you find yourself still gravitating towards that shared multiplayer style of experience? I did, I did. And then the online multiplayer arrived. It yeah. was locally for a very long time. We played on the tiny screens with our friends in a tiny room. Oh, I recall. We yeah. had good eyes at you the time. You had to at that point, right? We, I we could not imagine now. today... <laughs> Playing a four split on this guy on a, on a twenty-inch screen. Screens and they say it's still too small exactly. now. Exactly. And now I'm even like, oh, bigger screens, bigger screens. Even at my home, even I don't like this. We size. don't appreciate it, do we? <laughs> we've we've lost sight of it. But then I've, we've there lots of multiplayer games online, and then for the first time I played Journey. Oh yes. And Journey, the concept of collaborating with someone you don't know, you know, brought stars in my eyes. This and was it. This was the new experience that I was looking for. Finding bliss with someone you don't know and you won't know again. I know sometimes you go to a party, yeah. you, have a, you have a couple of drinks with somebody, you socialize, you become friends, and it's only at the very end of the party that you ask for their name. And this is my favorite part. It was yeah, very much the, the journey experience. It was one of those, and you hear so many stories of people who play that game, and because there's no names appearing above anyone else who appears in the world, that so many people just thought that was... You know, a computer. It wasn't. You thought it was in PC, and yeah. Then, and then all of a sudden, the credits roll, and you start seeing these names, and you realize that was actually a human. That was actually a human, a human in that world, and that I was interacting with, and it was, it's this unbelievably pure experience. That Magic as well, but also that shared component that we're talking exactly. about. Exactly. I mean, playing with your friends is great. It's my favorite thing in the world. But this experience of collaborating with foreigners, with strangers, with yeah. different people, there's something else to it. Without saying a word. Yeah. It was. It was. A, yeah, and still, you act differently. I mean, it's when you play multi-co-op games with your friends, you have a tendency to troll a little and to yeah, make jokes a and all, because you can get away with it. But you won't do that. You're naturally going to act kinder. You're going to be kinder with people you don't know. Yeah. And this is what we wanted to do in Karmazin. And it's, yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to kind of picking into that a little bit further with you because, yeah, I mean, we see that in all, I mean, we, we hear the conversation regularly about, I guess, unfortunately, some negative conduct that goes on within this space as well. But to your point, it's something that doesn't happen when all of a sudden you don't know the person, but they're like they're, there's a an enhanced layer of respect that suddenly uh, is applied to the situation. And hopefully, exactly. hopefully that's exactly what we see when it comes to the game. But yeah. I guess for you, how did we go from a point of you know enjoying these shared experiences and enjoying games to actually pursuing a role within the industry? Was that a very was that something you 
had identified early on that you wanted to do, or did Not it take at all. a while to find your way there? Not at all, because uh, I've been making games since I'm a child. Yep. I've been inventing board games and all types of games. I even did prototypes a very long time ago before these yep. engines were available. And this was my hobby. It was my passion. I decided to not mix my hobby and passion for a while. And that's fair. So I pursued other artistic careers. I tried to be an architect for a while. I tried to go into movies for a while. And I came coming back to this is not what I want. This is not what I really want to do every day all day long. And I found the smallest possible entry point in the video game <laughs> industry. At the time, we were doing mobile games before smartphones. A long time ago on feature phones. Yeah, yep. And uh, I started as a game designer in a very, very small, tiny French company that just got created. I had no studies, I had nothing, I had no knowledge. And you made it work, right? Yeah, I was very lucky that they had me, that they accepted me without any kind of knowledge. Yeah, did, I, you, did you ever think you had a chance, given, no. given the lack of experience? No, but I did target the smallest possible company to hope that they would have me yep. as an intern. And slowly but surely, I grew into this space. And it was fantastic because it was a time where we would, use, we would make games every month or every two months. It was very fast cycles. Very, 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 very. And the constraints were impossible. We, there would be like 50 different phones that you would have to address. Some of them had um, two-button support. Some of them you can only push one button at a time. Some screens were square. Some screens were rectangular. Some screens some had sound. Some didn't have sound. And these so games, to make everything compatible was impossible. a gigantic headache. Exactly. So we had to develop the smallest possible set of rules and game design rules that would work across all these devices so that the experience could be good in any situation. Yeah. So this school of constraint was what taught me, what brought me to making bigger games with the same kind of mentality. Constraint. Yeah, and it's, it's certainly one of those things that I guess we're in, we're in an industry now where for the most part we see the consoles getting more powerful, PC obviously is kind of boundless in a lot of ways and everyone's thinking about what more we can do, more, 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 more. We're the opposite. The actually having, applying constraints and working within, within the box can result in some amazing things. That's and, our, that's I mean, that's our goal. That certainly seems the case with everything I've seen and experienced with Kamazoo so far, but obviously as, as we touched on as well with some of those mobile games early on, I mean, we like to say, early on. yeah, we like to say that uh, Games, we like to say that we stay inside the box, yep. but we push the walls as much as we can without necessarily Breaking needing it. to leave yeah. the box. And our favorite tool is the machete. It's not at all the add and add. And yep. what can we remove? Is our goal is to take away as much as possible so that the experience is as pure as possible, especially in a complex game like this, collaboration yes. game like this yep. with fifty avatars and so much there's happening. Lot, yeah, there's a lot going on. So it's really, um, um, I mean, Nintendo was our teacher on this of course they've and, been yeah, the experts for years yeah I mean this is why we keep coming back to Nintendo we keep coming back to arcade style games going to the essential part of it and not adding too much fluff well it's that same thing going back to our journey conversation there's a purity yeah. um, that can often get lost because the tendency is to throw yeah. something else and add another system and add this yeah. other feature and and they may still be brilliant games but this, that, that purity is kind of lost exactly and minimalism is something that's not often uh, valued in video games yeah. uh, oddly because it's valued in many other different yeah, types so of many, media so much else, yeah. but in video games not so much we still tend it's to more, more, more pixels more, more. and more things and more effects and more and you you think that slowly but surely games run better but yeah. they don't because we keep adding stuff they so they, they, they still weight, everything runs at the same level at every generation so this is why we, we make 2D games, we make pixel art games, we stay in that minimalism to be able to share the experience more than you know, the visuals or the game design. It's yeah. the experience that we value the most. And so I guess like continuing with that kind of theme again of the minimalism and simplicity in a lot of ways, I guess simplicity but not in the derogatory sense. Um, 
beyond a lot of those really early mobile experiences. So I guess a lot of people might also know you and the team for some of the Rayman games, for example, that were developed along the yep. way too. And I mean, we think about you know Origins and Legends and what they were, but how you and the team managed to translate that across to uh, a Jungle Run and, and, and the like there. And just that instant accessibility through, exactly. the, through the interface that people had to work with, it was instantly, immediately gratifying. Yeah. What was it like to work on, I guess, the established IP like that, which you know, presents some rules and so, like, there's a guidebook, I'm sure, of sorts. Yes. But then being, you know, translating that across and being able to, I guess, apply all of these philosophies we've already been discussing. It was, was a great, like? it was a great experience working on Rayman Jungle Run and all the Rayman mobile series because, as you say, it comes from such a rich game. I mean, Legends and Origins are such amazing They're games. Incredible. I love Let alone these games. All the games that came before as well. Exactly. I'm, it's not often that I say that these games are the le- level of Nintendo. I mean, other yeah. games, platforming games that are the level of Nintendo are not. Those two are these right up there. For are sure. Really up there. And we had an impossible job of making that. Following m- it up. <laughs> on the mobile, on touch screens. And when you come from an arcade world, uh, controllers are important. Yeah. So going to a touch screen was a very challenging uh, job. And. We had this rule, we, it was a private joke at Pasta Games for a very long time, that we, we wanted the first level to be finishable by a cat. That was the law. Yeah, right. So if the cat can finish this level by just tapping the screen at different moments, that means that we made it simple enough that the rest of the game will be natural for fingers, and then we can add some more skill and add some more complex elements. So how long did it take for the cat to be able to... <laughs> <laughs> we never actually got a cat to play. I oh, never got a fight, no, had to give up on that one eventually. Yeah. Well, dead for cats. Peta wouldn't have enough. accepted it, you know. <laughs> but it was close enough. So. Yeah. Um, we had babies play it, actually. Oh, well, that's And right. it did kind of succeed. It was, it was one of these things, and um, I guess as of the time of this going live, it's safe for me to talk about it, but, you know, talking about children and accessibility games, I was talking to you before the show about how my son just got to play his first video game recently, and it was Mario Wonder, because we got, thanks to Nintendo, we got sent a code. And it's just like that explosion in the eyes. as Magic. It's, it's, it's something else, and... Um, it's certainly like that moment has given me a totally different way to appreciate games themselves and like I was very bullish about and this is well before even having children in the first place okay I want to get the history of it and that sort of thing but just seeing that moment actually I don't think that matters too much like I hope that you can come to appreciate the history of games over time if that ends up being something he's interested in first experience but really let's just make sure that it's it's setting something off in the brain and it's you know the enjoyment those sorts of things and that was a huge moment that I had just yesterday as of when we recorded this. So, That's really interesting um, because so many, so many players, as they grow in their gaming experience, walk away from these games, walk away from these, what some can consider childish games. Yeah. But as soon as... Some, some players stay, stick with it and Absolutely. still enjoy the, what's, what's fantastic about them through the graphics, even if they don't like them anymore. Yeah. But as soon as you have children, you rediscover the magic through their eyes and you re-understand why these games are so important and why this way of making games might outlast the effects and the massive beauty and the, what I call the movies and video games. Yeah. Some, some developers and some publishers want to make movies, interactive movies. We don't want to do that. We want yeah. to make games game. and gameplay experience. And like a core interactive experience that's yeah. enjoyable. To play. I mean, sometimes our artists are unhappy about this because they <laughs> like to do more beautiful things. Stretch their things. legs a little bit. Yeah. They, you know, they, 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 they want to show their skills also as artists. But there's opportunities to do that within the box that you're talking about. So... Um, yep. certainly provides lots of opportunity as well and lots of ways to really challenge and scratch at those, those edges as you said and yeah certainly when it comes to that Mario one, like I've always had a great love of playing him but, and always appreciated him but that, there was an extra layer of appreciation there that, yep. that happened in that very moment yep. being able to see and then projecting back to what it would have been like for me when my first game was Super Mario All-Stars on the Super Nintendo 
That's the very first game you played? Good choice. And, um, well, I mean, it was what mum and dad put in I know, hands, but, I guess, but, but mum, good choice. They, they did good a very job, good mum. Jo- they did a very good job. Um, and just projecting, like, was that me? And like, I was shot, just watched him the whole time as he did it. It was amazing. But um, I guess uh, we've gone off track a little bit. Um, Actually, not at all. This but, is exactly uh, our subject. Time, kind of on topic as well. So I guess there's there's the Rayman games, and obviously that's working with Ubisoft, and I guess working with an established IP and those things. That's also I guess a really helpful tool. There's a lot of a lot of developers who work with other licenses and other parties that can really help financially and obviously help support potentially their own creative endeavors as well. And so I think of things like Pix the Cat, for example, as other projects along the way. So what was it like? I guess having those projects like your Raymans and other license related titles but then being able to work on your own things simultaneously or, be u- or also be able to use one to help support and grow the other actually this is our DNA at Pasta Games we believe in work of hire because work for hire has infinite powers yep. first of all you develop your tools you develop your skills you develop your, your ways of thinking about video games you learn so much from these other companies and how they do games they're experts the they know they're, really they're a lot of different things that yeah. you would never be able to learn by yourself because they face problems that you could not have faced in your, with your small company for example for sure so we really enjoyed working for hire also because it gives us freedom to make our own games yep. it gives us freedom to sometimes get a creative rest some games are in work for hire are very specific. They want very specific things so you can rest your, your brain a little bit. Yeah, because you just know, follow through on the, the design brief or whatever it happens to be. Exactly, yeah. and you get a creative rest so you can go back to your own creations. And this is why, what, how, why we love Karmazoo so much because we started this game uh, seven years ago. It's been that long. It's been that long. And we've made, I think, I think, three or four work for hire games in between. Nice. This has given us breaks on our own game. So you work a few months, a few years on your, a few months on your game. You develop things, and then you you go bring those ideas back with you. Yeah, and you and you and you're able to cut and see what what is it too fat here? Is it not fat enough? Where should I add some some feedback? Where is it too much feedback? And taking the distance towards your own game for six months, for example, or a year, is an extremely good tool to enhance it slowly but surely. We in French we have a saying. I'm sure you have equivalent in English which is um, be careful to not be too much in your guidon in your, um, when you're driving your bike yep. don't be too close, too close. To, your, uh, to, the, to the bar yeah yeah. and I guess that, yeah, there's very very similar sort of sayings again you can, you can be too close to something you don't it's the old forest from the trees sort of saying as well exactly so um, work for higher tech gives us some distance and gives us some financial freedom also yeah and obviously we hear developers talk about all the time whether they're working on big AAA or indie or anywhere in the middle yeah. um, that you know the the amount that they learn from one game that they can then translate to the next, whether that ends up being a sequel or a totally new standalone yeah. title. And even getting to essentially have that, but within the confines of still yeah. working on one one singular game, you've got to jump in and out, as exactly. you say. And even technically, we work on our own engine at Pasta Games. It's called Linguini. And this engine it has been with us for 20 years now. And we enhance it every project. There are new tools added to it. So even when we do work for hire and we use this engine, we enhance it so it, it, it's better for our next game. We have more tools and more abilities. For example, one of our last work for hires is Arcanoid Eternal Battle, yep. a game that, we, that was released a year ago. Yep. And this has added a lot of multiplayer features to our game, so this has been helpful for Karmazoo. And Karmazoo will be helpful for the next work what for hire. What will, will also then be good for your next internal project. Exactly. It's and we keep, keep evolving this way. And I guess, like, maybe potentially one of the challenges, though, I guess when you, when you are getting all these experiences along the way and working with different, different parties, different games... You've got all these ideas and then being able to pass through those though and work out what is actually appropriate to potentially bring to your own yep. project would exactly. also be a challenge. So what's that like when 
when you do, and I'm sure there's things from Rayman, you're like, this is fantastic, but then you come to realise that, that maybe this is a Rayman thing and I can't actually apply this here. Completely. How do, how do you try and pass through that information? Because there's a lot of data you'd be collecting. For us, the easiest way to do that is to not try and compare the different yep. things and try to find extreme identity in what we're doing specifically on a creative project and only after to turn around and say is it too close to something else that we've been doing before yep. is it too close to this other game that we worked on and sometimes we want it to be very close because stealing ideas works. is the best thing to do yeah. and we don't care we just steal ideas from our own games from before and use them differently in, this, in, in new games and we have no shame in reusing the good ideas I mean the best games are just a copy of They're another game of yeah. ways, we don't so. invent anything yeah. basically we just put different ideas from different places together and that makes a good game well yeah I mean I've been chatting to people on the show floor this weekend about you know, some of these older games and a lot of you know, the old Romero titles and Carmack and, and you know, there was Pioneers doing some incredible things there but they laid the foundations. It's the, it's the same thing with stories that you hear about in film where there's, there's like seven core narratives. Yeah. Everything else is just a derivative of one of the seven. Exactly. That's very much what we're starting to establish within this space for the most part. So, yeah, drawing on those ideas, working out what does and doesn't work is, is hugely important. Yeah, I mean, making a puzzle platformer in pixel art in 2023... I mean, puzzle platformers and pixel art have been around for a long time. Yeah, it's one absolutely. of the core genre of, the, of our of video games. So, finding a way to reinvent this in, today is extremely challenging, and, yeah. we, and this is very exciting for us. No, it's, and I mean, look, everything's shaping up really, really well from everything I've seen and experienced with Kamazoo. So, I guess for anyone who's listening who potentially doesn't know anything about the game yep. yet, uh, please take a moment to kind of, I guess, give people give the little. I'd love the, to. The little spiel. So. It's funny that you say spiel. Yeah, uh, it's, I don't know, some word is it that normal? my mum introduced. I don't think it is. I don't know why that slipped out then, but it's... it's I love it. My it mum used to use it quite a lot. It means game in German. Oh, does it? So, perfect. This is a spiel. I'm going to use it from now on. Okay. So, uh, Karmazoo... i something. Awesome. Thank you. <laughs> Karmazoo's a puzzle platformer, cooperative, from for two to ten players. It's going to release on nearly every device PS5, Xbox and every device not the fridges of course yeah. we have some limits well we've had some that have tried but <laughs> yeah so PS5, Xbox, Switch uh, PC multiple stores on PC and it's cross play across all these platforms um, it's a game about collaboration in which you score when you help someone else basically we are kind of tired of gatekeeping games and bullying in video games and we want our kids to be able to have a space in which they can just enjoy sharing yep. and building together and playing these games without any bullying or, or gatekeeping. Yes. So we've built our whole game around this and basically there's 50 characters, you want to collect them all and each character has their own specific way to help. And we want each player to find a new way, their own way to help others. Some players are support players. Some players are leaders and door openers. Yep. Some players want to just be funny and have the team the have a laugh. Added, yeah. You know, uh, I don't know if you know this experience with rats. You, you take six rats, you put them in a, in a box, and there's an underwater, underwater passage. There's yep. food on the other side. Rats will, two rats will go get the food. One of them will come back. Other will steal from this rat. The behavior pattern will be drawn very quickly. Then you take the six rats that have, uh, for example, been bullied, and that in each in six different experiments, yep. you put them together, and they reproduce the pattern. So we believe in every team. There's going to be one clown, one leader, one uh, this, one builder, one. That's, yeah. And this is why we want to create random teams because we believe your behavior will adapt to your team, will adapt to your environment, and you will learn from being a different character. You recognize the needs of the group and you'll do your part in exactly. helping it to be a functional... And because the game... Makes sense, especially is, when you don't know the other parties in there. And That's the game cool. adapts to you 
for example, let's say you're rocking a, an elephant in the game, and I'm playing a cat, and we have another friend playing the whale. You know, we will, the game will throw a level specifically at us that is for the whale, the cat, and the elephant. So we want players to collect every single possible character so that they live the different experiences of the different what they bring to the game yeah. and they have different flavors in our game. Yeah, the, the multitude of combinations and permutations that can play out from that point. Exactly. But and it's still based around that collaborative working yeah. towards a goal. And gallantry. Yeah. It's all about holding the door for somebody else. And we've done a lot of skill-based game in the past. Uh, uh, finger skill, skills. We've done a lot of arcade games in our DNA. And in this game, we wanted the skill to not be about the perfect pixel jump that you're going to make, the perfect double jump that will reach exactly the platform where you're going to go. The skill is how am I going to be able to show someone else to, be able to, to succeed that. And without vocal communication, without language, it's interesting to see how people find new ways to show each other how to do so. And obviously with a game like this, and I guess what you're even discussing, playtesting and those sort of things is going to be a huge part of it. So what sort of obs observations did you make over the journey that help kind of guide things because I guess there's a lot that we purely based on those playtests and what are you seeing what, what are people doing what's the, working what isn't the two main responding. the two main uh, knowledge that we we got from all these tests that we've been doing and open betas that we've been doing uh, is, are the following the, the first one is that some players want to help by solving the problems of everyone else yep without them even noticing and this is not something we encourage because we want players to solve problems together it's not fun when somebody runs ahead does everything, and yeah. does everything and you just walk by and you just casually don't understand what the problem was in the first place. You have to learn how to solve it yourself. So the, f the first thing that we've changed, the big thing that we changed, is the Halo system. Yeah. We created this whole system in which when you actually leave the group for more than 10 seconds, this is where the game over arrived. The, the, the only goal, the only way to survive in the game is to stick together, together for well. real. And before it was just something we said, stick together. And we had, we had to change it because so many players wanted to help by solving all the problems. Yep. So this was the first big change. And the, the second change that we keep doing for the last two or three years, we've added so much of this, is watching players play and they invent new ways to help each other that we did not come up with. So, that's cool. but, it, but it's in the game already. You know, they do something that's already coded that works, but we don't reward them for this. Yep. So we've added a lot of rewards. rewards oh, they do this this way. So when somebody does this, we're going to give them a heart, which we didn't plan at first because of how players were so altruistically creative. No, that's, that's fantastic and, and really, really fascinating. And I'm sure the game's going to continue to evolve in interesting, really fascinating ways once you throw it open to the masses. Yeah. Um, we'll, I'm, I'm sure we're going to find out so much in the first few <laughs> weeks. It's going to be... Um, Does that make you a bit anxious? Because yes. you know, there's so many, there's so many players and you've obviously collected so much data, but at the same time, it's a whole other magnitude when you've got the... Yeah. You know, it's open to the entire world at that point. I mean, uh, we, like to, we like to boast that our game is very systemic. We have 50 characters, each has their own ability. And yep. combining these abilities, you can imagine the, com the, the huge combination that's possible between 15 characters, groups of 10. I, I, I'm not even sure we managed to test all the possible <laughs> situations. What if the panda slaps the pair as it's talking to the... Uh, you know, there's so many, <laughs> yeah, so many combinations that we're sure that players will find new ways to break the game. And instead of trying to fight against this... Embrace it. We embraced it. So we made a game that we want players to break. The, the, the right team at the right moment with the right perks will just roll all over the game and not have any difficulty. But sometimes, in the opposite, the same team in different contexts will find a lot of struggle. It'll to be succeed. jarring. Yeah. So we don't want to 
control everything. This is the first time it's, and as you say, it's, it gives us some anxiety because we're used to having very arcadey, very precise games. And this one, we have to give out the freedom. Yeah, yeah we have to let, and let another, go of it. Another example of this is communication. Uh, we use emotes, and we think that our emotes mean what they mean. But they could get hijacked in a way, or change, their meaning changes over time. They change everything. That's what communities will often do. Yeah, and, and we, not even necessarily through malice, I might add, but just these things evolve over time. Language, exactly, any, all language evolves. Over one time. of the one of the emotes that we've seen used in so many different ways is the what I call the Namaste emote. Yep. So I'm I'm putting my hands together for yep, you for who don't see us. Yeah, unfamiliar. And this emote, when I use it in Slack, for example, it's called pray. Yes. So this is praying for people and the person who drew this emote thought of it as a pray maybe but it can actually take on a whole it other can, meaning it means hello and, and for most people it means high five so people understand things differently in different places and we're not trying to control this we didn't write what it was under you use it, it how be, you want it yeah. and maybe I don't want to understand exactly what you're saying but as long as we succeed together I don't care and we even saw people doing some kind of Morse code by jumping in a certain rhythm oh, really? to say different things. People get so creative. That's really cool. And I'm looking forward to, I guess, yeah, once I party up with some friends and, or I guess, no, I suppose it's... Both. It's, it, yeah, I guess it's both. Um, seeing how that plays out will be really, really fascinating. And I guess not long left to wait. Um, so as we touched on, the game is coming out November 14th. Uh, how, I guess, you're working with Devolver on this as well. Yeah. Um, and so what has their influence and their, like, their presence been like? Through, how, I guess how they've been able to help along the way because they do such wonderful things for a range of divinities. What's it been like for, for you and the team? Uplifting. We've right. been in this space for 20 plus years. We've worked with many, many publishers and many other studios. It's the first time that we feel so supported. It's the first time that we feel so helped and taken care of. Yep. Not only on the marketing side and the event side, like here today, being showing yeah, our game here in such, in such beautiful stands and really beautiful booth and such a like, just us talking together we yep. would not have done in different ways but also in the production itself Devolver has been helping us massively to produce the game uh, an example is we wanted this game to be as universal as possible so we had we decided to make it in 22 languages which is a record for us yep. it's huge and we wanted to add Arabic and Hindi and complicated languages even for display inside the game yep. so I don't think we would have managed to succeed in all this localization without and testing sort of without that sort of support and without that sort of expertise. And also, releasing a game on five platforms and cross-play online for such a small team uh, needs a lot of testing, needs a lot of support and Q&A. And Devolver has been fantastic with this. No, that, that's fantastic. And yeah, I mean, knowing a few, I mean, we've got Doug here locally and, and some of the team that work alongside them as well. They're just wonderful people and have been so supportive of the various teams that they've worked with over the years. It's, it's yeah. really awesome to see. I'm thrilled to hear that for you, that's, you know, that's continued to... Another to example through. is, for example, accessibility. We've wanted to make accessibility a big thing in our games for a very long time. We've wanted... We'll, we'll, we'll work through it. That's all right. We're, we're at a convention. There's lots of background noise. Lots of bells, to, apparently. We wanted to make... Let's, let's, <laughs> let's pretend it's part of our show. Yeah, yeah we'll just lean into it. <laughs> um, we wanted to make accessibility, <laughs> massive accessibility features for a very long time yeah. at Pasta Games, but all publishers and all, the, all, all studios don't want to invest a lot of money in that part. Yes. And when we decided with Devolver that we would go use it as one of the pillars of a game and accessibility as a pillar and as you know accessibility is very expensive to do uh, absolutely they yeah. supported us completely on that direction awesome. and now we have 
the most accessible game Plastic Games has ever made, and we're very proud of it. No, that, that, that's great to hear, and obviously accessibility is such an important thing within, within this industry, and, and I guess more broadly as well, but it's, it's great to hear that they've been so supportive of that and been able yeah. to provide you with everything they can to, yeah. to help you make the game what you need it to be. And trust us. Most importantly, they trust us. They, they do what they do with their magic, and they let us do what we do with our magic, and this is how we... we and you we, make something that looks incredible at this point. So. Good combo. So uh, he's hoping that it all, you know, kind of, I guess, equates to this wonderful title in about a month from now. Yeah. I'm certainly feeling like, as an outside observer, purely that it's shaping up really well. So yeah. congratulations on all that you and the team and, and partnered with Devolver have been Thank able you to so achieve much, so mate. far. Thank you so much. And so it's at this point in the show that I want to make sure that I shout out all of the amazing patrons at the show shout-out tier on patreon.com slash Podcast. Those people are supporting at the top tier in the show, gets them this shout-out, and I'm eternally thankful because you are helping fuel the fire that is Dev Diary now and into the future. And so, with this newest episode, I want to shout-out Scott Makes Games and my mum, Julie James, thank you very much for supporting this show, and let's get back to it. As we start to, to wind things down, a few a few lighter questions. Um, and these were not heavy, don't worry. Well, yeah, I guess. <laughs> they were uh, great. Is there anyone who's really inspired you in the way you go about your work? You've had the opportunity to work with some really amazing people within the team, but also more broadly over the years. Is there anyone who's been this great inspiration for you particularly? For me personally? For you personally. Or yeah. Bastard Games in general? Maybe a bit of both. But, it, but specifically for yourself, I guess, the main... I would say um, the game that I, that in the last 10 years, the game that brought the most, every time I think about it the most, and when I s- stop playing games for a while, go to other mediums before coming back, I always yeah. make a run of that game, would be the Stanley Parable. Oh, yeah. Uh, because of the way they change the approach on video games and the way they make fun of you. And one day I will allow yeah. myself to create a game maybe that is so... Um, opposite of respectful and sometimes you know how sometimes when you're with your very close friends you insult each other and oh, yeah, have fun it's with this it's part of the, the it's, banter and the back and forth yeah, and and it's, it's part and of the relationship it's part of the love you don't insult people you don't love I mean joking insult yeah, of yeah, course yeah. not serious insult and I, I wish that one day we would make some comedic game this in this direction this is something that excites me very 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 much no and well, looking forward to it if that, if that eventuates hopefully, that, hopefully that's the case um have, I guess we, we've touched on a range of different experiences over over mobile, over with Kamazu, around multiple different platforms, different partners, everything. What have been some of the most valuable lessons you've learned along the way? Do not do a game multiplayer with less people on your team than the number of players. This is a Makes huge sense. mistake. <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> Makes sense, but we didn't but think of it. Didn't think of it at the time. <laughs> I mean, now we're 15 people working on this project, but at the time, for a very long time, we were. Uh, you co- can't you can't test your ideas. You can't even <laughs> test it. So that was not the wisest thing. Call in a few family favors and yeah. other friends. Come on, play. Come, come play over. Come play, play. Just take a day off. I need you to come over here and help me out. Yeah. Um, and and the, other, the other big, big lesson we took away from this game is if you want to make a network game, surround yourself with the best network engineers in the world. We're so lucky to work with a company called Stormancer. Yep. And they remove not only a, a needle out of our shoe, they remove a whole forest out of our shoe. They, oh, that's awesome. Because network development is another... Really challenging. Something else. Yeah, it's, it's a whole other beast. Um, and so I guess some of the really light ones now, but I also think it might reconnect with some of the things we potentially discussed earlier on. Um, if you could be credited for any game, in any capacity, just I would have loved to have been able to work on whatever. Is there a game that you just wish you could have been a part of? We obviously touched on Journey before. You know, there's a range of different games we've already discussed. 
is there one that really sticks out? Mm. And there may not be, of course. Too. No, there's too many. Well, yeah, actually, there's the other half. Which is too yeah, I just don't want to choose one, you know? I just don't want to... Goldeneye. Yeah, okay. Goldeneye. No, that, that I mean... Because I loved it so much. It, yes, or maybe Tony Hawk. Tony Hawk. Yeah? Because... The second one? The first one? One yeah, in particular? Uh, the, the game design of Tony Hawk, I think, is brilliant. Absolutely. Because of the freedom. I mean, I love this. For me, and I know it's completely wrong. It's the... Every single level in Tony Hawk is a small open world, tiny open world. And I love this concept of not guiding you and letting you, just giving you a list Fly of things place. to do, for example. For example, Untitled Goose Game. Yeah. I could have, I'm very jealous of this game. I think it's fantastic. I, I adore how they came up with the solutions to make you be mischievous while <laughs> being proud of yourself. Really endearing and proud of yourself at the same time. In a good way. And this, I, I, I love these small world, small small freedom in, in worlds in which you discover. I mean, for me, uh, open, um, uh, Untitled Goose Game and Tony Hawk is nearly the same game. Yes. Oddly, and I'm very jealous of these designs. No, that's that's fantastic. And I guess conversely, if you could scrub any game from your memory and replay it, so you could experience everything all over again for the first time. Stanley Parable again. So, oh, yeah, and, 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 I guess everything you based on everything you've already said that yeah because be, because it, it it took me so much by surprise I had no clue what it was and yeah. I, I played it very early on and I I didn't expect anything and it just opened my mind on is, this is possible you can do this it's legal you know I wouldn't allow myself to do something like this and until somebody else does it, it's like but are we allowed to do this That's, yes 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 let's, maybe <laughs> one day then. Maybe one day. And it will put that little seed of creativity in the mind for yeah. somewhere down the line. So, yeah. fantastic choice. Well, Nadim, it's been absolutely amazing to have you on the show and, and to, to learn about the game, learn about your journey, share that with the audience. If people want to learn more about, about the game, it is so close at this point, where should people go? Thank you so much, man. Same here. Uh, they should come to karmazoo.com. Come wishlist the game. And I think the best place to enjoy our game is the, our Discord community. Our yeah. Discord servers are fantastic. People there are so creative it's becoming annoying because <laughs> they're, they're taking I mean they're taking our jobs away from us and we're not even giving them money for it so it's kind of <laughs> slightly too much just dial it down guys I need you to just take, stop take. being so creative and stop being so cool we have uh, idea channels and suggestion channels and they're actually removing all we have 50 good ideas for the 50 next characters but every day you're crossing one off because it's already been established by the community and sometimes <laughs> I just want to close my eyes and go in a corner and try and invent something that was not created in that community and they're so I mean they're great and they're helping us so much and I wish that everybody would go into this community of the Discord and so of course if people want to then get in touch with you they've got the opportunities to do so through the Discord Please. is there anyone else that, that people could reach out to? on the internet page uh, through the through our own social networks yeah. um, Karmazoo game.com whenever anyone's available come over awesome well thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing this journey so far it's been a really fascinating conversation thank you and I'm really looking forward to the game coming out yeah November 14th are you really coming close. to play are you coming yeah, to play with I've us already, I've already had a go so um, and thankfully had some opportunities in the past as well but it's yeah. shaping up wonderfully well I really I guess for those listening now I'll put I'll put my two cents in the game is looking fantastic and I really hope that you take the opportunity to give it a, uh, give it a play Thank you so and much. And it's so close now. So and congratulations it, on everything you've achieved. Thank you so much. And if ever you have a suggestion for a new avatar and a new power, take a look at the Discord. It might be already it there. It might already be there. Well, uh, I guess as always, listeners, thanks so much for listening. And I'll see you next time. Bye-bye, amigos.
That concludes this entry of Dev Diary. Be sure to subscribe to this feed, share with your friends, and give us a five-star review to help boost the show up the charts for greater exposure. If you have any people you'd like me to reach out to in an interview, then please find me at Paul James Games on Twitter to help me get in touch with them. Until our next episode, however, that's been the Deem Story. Thank you much for listening, and I'll see you next time.